Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 164. This is Ben. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 10 from Benjamin Evans. The message is three seconds long and comes from the spring of 1990. Here we go. Who's Ben? Uh, looks like I'm, I'm about to say something, but <laughs> who knows what it was. But at least we know that one is from you because you say your, your name. I don't know of anybody else named Ben. Did you know anybody else by the name of Ben? There was uh, Ben Kim, who used to write for New City. There was a music guy, Ben Weasel. He was the singer for Screeching Weasel. But it was confusing because there was also a guy named Weasel Walter who was the drummer for the Flying Lutenbachers. He's a music writer as well, right? Yeah, I mean, Weasel Walter was like a huge presence in the Chicago music scene. He cultivated a kind of a cartoon-like persona of Weasel Walter. His hairstyle was like these two little spikes, antennae that would come up. What magazines was he writing for? Pete Margusak's magazine, uh, Motor Booty, things like that. And, and just like other smaller zines. Can you talk a little bit about what a zine is? And did you ever buy zines in high school? Yeah, and I, I made zines in high school. In my mind, a zine is something that's very personal, that's very kind of handmade, printed uh, usually on the cheapest paper possible. The zine kind of comes from the name fanzine. It's uh, not made for a, a mass audience. There was one I loved called uh, Exile in Osaka which was done by a guy from the U.S. who was an English teacher in Osaka, Japan. And he would talk about the boredoms and all these great Japanese bands at the time. There was one called Speed Kills that combined like an interest in punk rock and also cars. Seth Sanders had one, you know, he was at University of Chicago. He had one called A Nest of Ninnies. And when I, you know, when I was in high school, I had a zine that I did that was just eight and a half by 11 Xerox paper folded in half called Cracks in the Wall. And I would put it like, you know, reviews of music that I liked. And and then I would just write these articles that I don't even know what the basis for it was, like about, you know, what was happening in South Korea or Afghanistan or something, you know? It was all handwritten and then Xeroxed. And then I would put comic strips and cartoons that I did. And I would just Xerox it in just different places, like somebody would know somebody and, and you would be able to use a Xerox machine for a few minutes and make copies of your thing. And then I would just leave them at the record stores. Or I would also go to like the all ages punk rock shows and you would just bring some of your zines and maybe somebody else would have some zines and you could just trade. And how many of those do you think you made? I only had like three issues. When I came to Chicago, I met Liz Clayton, who was a big zine person. And she knew like places where you could get stuff printed cheaply. And I put out a zine called Destroy America. You know, like I would interview local bands like Scissor Girls, for example, or, or Flying Lutenbachers or Tar. I would record it, you know, on a cassette recorder and then just transcribe it slowly. I remember interviewing Weasel Walter, who was at the time, he was the drummer for Flying Lutenbachers. And he told me this wonderful story about his first band, which was when he was in like third grade or something. And he had a band that was called the Monkees, just like the television band, the Monkees. And what they did was they would wear black turtlenecks and run around uh, attacking other kids. And that was their band. Do you think that was true? I have no idea. 
If a zine is defined as a handmade, self-published periodical of a highly personal nature, one could argue that it began with the origins of the printing press in 16th century Europe, when folks like Martin Luther printed their countercultural views on theology. But if we take the term as an abbreviation for fanzine, many scholars trace the origins to 1940, when Russell Chauvinet applied the term to his mag called Detours. Detours was handwritten and duplicated using the hectograph gelatin process. It was one of many cheaply made serials that emerged in the 30s and 40s dedicated to science fiction. The term fanzine was used to distinguish these fan-created publications from the commercially produced fan magazines like Photoplay and Modern Screen that featured Hollywood celebrities. Professional magazines dedicated to popular musicians like Melody Maker in Britain and Rolling Stone in the United States were also created for fans, and some publications, like Beatle Fan, were even started by specific groups. At the same time, rock and roll fans began to create their own inexpensively produced pamphlets. The 1960s also saw the growth of writers who took pop music seriously, authoring long critical essays for both professional and personal publications. The rise of punk rock in the 1970s brought a type of do-it-yourself aesthetic to zines that matched the DIY aesthetic of punk music, an anti-professionalism that said anybody can pick up a guitar and make some noise. For zines, this also meant freely cutting and pasting images and texts from other publications, ignoring restrictions on copyrighted material. The spread of photocopy stores like Kinko's, whose first shop appeared near UC Santa Barbara in 1970, further facilitated the production of inexpensive self-published material. The World Wide Web has been a boon to music fans, enabling anybody to create a personal blog with no limit on audience size. On the other hand, the sloppy, tactile aesthetic of zines is hard to replicate on web pages, and the ubiquity of self-expression through social media means distinctive voices can easily get lost in the internet fog. Shifting to the topic of Weasel Walter, he came to Chicago in 1990 to study with Hal Russell, the free improv drummer and horn man I discussed way back in episode 14. Walter formed the band Flying Lutenbachers, taken from Russell's last name at birth, in 1991. I don't remember ever meeting Walter while I was in Chicago, 
but I reached out to him regarding Ben's story about his first band called The Monkees, and he kindly provided this reply. The Monkees was a loosely knit group of fourth grade kids which formed a gang with my aspirations of being a rock band projected onto it. I don't think anybody else cared about the concept as much as me. The core five members all dutifully went out and got black t-shirts with the monkeys in red letters ironed on the backs. Each was designated a military rank by me. I was the major. And ostensibly, each wore the corresponding patch or pin as part of the uniform. No music was ever made, but key nerd Jimmy Carlson was regularly bullied and hurled repeatedly down a steep ice hill on the side of the schoolyard. At one point, his mother arranged a sort of student trial for us in a meeting room at the school. The smart kids were the jury. Basically, she just yelled at us a lot and tried to make us feel bad. Meanwhile, back in the classroom, there was a powwow between the teacher and the remaining students discussing our actions. Thusly, the organization was disbanded. You can follow Weasel Walter's current endeavors at his website, ugexplode.com. And you can follow me at pfoch.com. Many thanks to Ben for his photocopies of the past. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.